Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rakos and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. We are located at 397 Chestnut Street in Union, New Jersey. Well, welcome to this episode. Today's episode is going to be about uh, the importance of carbs. Uh, and we're going to call this episode, Eat More Carbohydrates or Eat More Carbs. Uh, I know that we have vilified carbohydrates for a long time now. And I'm here today to talk about why you actually need to eat more and what good carbs can do for you. Um, I think there's a gross misunderstanding about carbohydrates and the different kinds and I think that we've grouped them all into a bad category and as a result we've stopped eating carbohydrates and this has had a profound adverse effect on our immune system and overall health. So if you're a frequent listener, listener to Eat Right with Laura, you will know how important gut health is to me. And I just need you to understand that um, the bacteria that live in your large intestine, they drive the show. Those bacteria do lots of things for you. Now there are lots of microbes all over your body, but the bacteria that live in your gut or the large intestine have many profound effects on your health. Of course, they help you to digest the food that you're eating. They help to extract the nutrients from the foods that you're eating, but they also work to turn your immune system on and off. They detect pathogens in your environment and they help you fight off those uh, pathogens. They help to ensure the integrity of your digestive tract. So your digestive tract runs from your mouth to your anus. It includes your mouth, your esophagus, your stomach, your large intestine, and your small intestine. Not necessarily in your stomach, and not necessarily in that order. So it goes mouth, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine. So the bacteria that live in the large intestine ensure that the cells that line your digestive tract proliferate so that you have a nice intact digestive tract. They ensure that you have a mucosal lining that protects you. So when you don't have these bacteria, you don't have that protection. When you don't have that product protection, you'll be prone to conditions such as acid reflux or irritable bowel where you have lots of gas and bloating after almost every meal. Uh, worst case scenario, you'll be prone to uh, an inflammatory bowel condition such as Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Uh, but uh, So the bacteria ensure that those things don't happen. Also though, they help to produce their own nutrients for you. They produce some vitamins, some minerals. Um, they produce chemicals that have lots of health benefits. So you need to feed these bacteria. Right, so we've been really focused, hyper-focused on consumption of proteins and fats, which is all well and good, but you need to feed the bacteria that live in your digestive tract. And what do they eat? They actually eat carbs. They eat fiber from fruits and vegetables, and they eat carbs from a variety of interesting foods. So of course, when people come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, um, one of my goals is to teach my patients how to eat 
fruits and vegetables, which are certainly the foods that contain the kinds of carbs the bacteria in your digestive tract like to eat. Examples would be artichokes and um, Brussels sprouts and oats and garlic and onions and all things like that. Um, and by the way, not everybody can eat all those things. So people that do have really poor gut health because they don't have this collection of beneficial bacteria might not have such an easy time digesting foods like that. So I'm here to show you how to to uh, reacquire this good gut health and how to ensure a healthy digestive tract. So I'm talking about a kind of carbohydrate called resistant starch. And I'd like to thank my good friend, Rhonda Whitwer, for teaching me all about the benefits of resistant starch. And she has started her own organization um, on resistant starch, so just Google her name, and you'll uh, you can actually pick her her brain. She's more than happy to talk to you about resistant starch and how to incorporate it in some of the foods that you're eating. And I'm here to do that with you too. So where do you get these resistant starches that feed this good bacteria? You get it from unripened bananas. So I've been vilifying bananas for the longest time. Of course, my patients that have um, problems with blood sugar regulation and um, weight issues. I've been asking them to pull back on the bananas because we all love them so much. They're very starchy. But uh, I've since learned really in the past year or so that unripened bananas, so not black and dark and speckled bananas, I'm talking ones that are like greenish bananas uh, have resistant starch that's very beneficial for the bacteria that live in your digestive tract. Also, potato starch. What kinds of potatoes? cold potatoes so when a potato is baked and then uh, or boiled and then allowed to get cold the starch in the potato becomes resistant and that resistant starch is very good for you you can also get this resistant starch from corn now most of you probably know that most of the corn crop in the united states is genetically modified uh, we usually feed that corn to our uh, animals like cows. Uh, I'm talking about non-genetically modified corn, maybe corn that's grown by your neighborhood farmer. Uh, so non-GMO corn is an excellent source of resistant starch and also beans, legumes. So I've been working with a company to do some vegetarian meal plans. And if you are a vegetarian, you, the bulk of your protein is going to come from legumes. So the company that um, hired me indicated that they were very concerned about the legumes in my meal plan because they felt that their clients might overconsume carbs. I, I'm here to let you know that roughly one half or a third to a half of the carbohydrate found in most legumes, probably 99% of them, um, comes in the form of fiber, all right? And there's two kinds of fiber. There is soluble fiber and insoluble fiber, all right? The soluble fiber has about two calories per gram, which is about half the number of calories in your typical carbohydrate. The insoluble fiber goes right through you and doesn't have any calories in, at all. And this is why you don't really need to be all that concerned about the carbs and legumes. So if you're a vegetarian, have at it. Uh, eat those legumes up because you're going to need it to get enough protein. 
All right, so uh, I just want to reemphasize the importance of getting this resistant starch because this is the kind of starch that the bacteria that live in your gut thrive on. And when you feed them, they will take care of you. If you feed them, if you're constantly feeding them sugar and processed carbohydrates, that's not what they eat. You're going to start feeding the bad microbes. And what, what's an example of an unbeneficial microbe? Yeast. Just like when you produce alcohol, the yeast feed on the sugar and that's how they make alcohol. Same thing if you're eating Skittles for snack and sugary cereals for breakfast, you're not going to feed the beneficial bacteria that take care of you. You're going to be feeding the yeast and other pathogenic microbes. So what's going to happen with the good bacteria? They are going to starve to death. And in a last-ditch effort to survive, they will start eating you. So let's make sure that that doesn't happen and feed them the kinds of carbohydrates that they like. These carbohydrates are called prebiotic fibers. A prebiotic fiber is a non-digestible kind of carbohydrate. So you personally do not have any tool in your body to digest these carbs. They are digested by the bacteria that live in your large intestine. And when you feed them, they will take care of you by ensuring the integrity of your digestive tract, by extracting nutrients from the food that you're eating, by supporting your immune system, and also by helping you regulate your blood sugar and lipids. So we'll talk about more of that in a, in a minute. But I just wanted to provide some clarifying information on these resistant starches. All right, so the resistant starches that I named from the unripened bananas, the cold potatoes, the non-genetically modified corn, and maybe even some legumes, or legumes, uh, I just want you to understand that um, the reason why they're so good is because the bacteria really like them, but they digest them slowly, all right? So they tend to have insoluble fiber that's slowly digested. So because the fiber is insoluble, the glycemic index, its ability to raise your blood sugar is very, very low. They're slowly fermented, so they don't make you feel so gassy. There are other resistant starches that a lot of health food companies add to their protein powders to make them uh, healthier for you, but they're highly fermented. And these resistant starches are called FOS for fructose, oligosaccharide, or sometimes listed as FOS, and also inulin. Now these resistant starches are good for you, but because they're soluble and they're highly fermented, they're gonna be very gas producing. So you can only have so much of those before you're gonna decide that you might not like that product. And I see that there are certain um, health foods that add a lot of FOS and inulin, and a lot of people will think that they have like, you know, an intolerance to that product. Um, sometimes it's a product that might contain soy, which uh, if you follow my podcast, you know that I kind of really like soybeans. 
right? But soy is actually the fourth most common food allergy. And sometimes when um, people are, are consuming these uh, soy-based products that contain inulin and FOS, they think the bloating is because the intolerance to soy, which is the fourth most common food allergy, but it's probably uh, all that fermentation going on with the bacteria in your gut fermenting the FOS and the inulin. So if so instead if you could look for products that have the the resistant starches from the bananas, the potatoes, the corn, um, you might have a better experience um, with these kinds of um, uh, products, these uh, health food products. So I'm really trying, I'm going to try and help Rhonda Whitmore, who's probably the number one champion that I know for consumption of resistant starch. I'm going to be her champion so that she can uh, get some more visibility with these companies that make uh, shake products and have them uh, either replace the inulin and FOS or just cut back on the inulin and FOS and replace it with resistant starch. Of course, everybody knows that I own my own healthcare practice, Eagle Rock Nutrition. So you can go online and learn more about me and Eagle Rock Nutrition at E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com, eaglerock.com, all right? And you'll see that I work with a lot of people who are trying to alter their body composition, who are trying to regulate their blood sugar, who are trying to improve their cholesterol levels. I have children, I have so many children that have the cholesterol and triglyceride levels of, of you know, older people. Um, so I'm really working hard at this and I'm working very, very hard with my patient population trying to improve their gut health. I see a lot of irritable bowel. I see a lot of inflammatory bowel. Uh, I see a lot of uh, cognitive impairment that's also related to, to gut health. Right, and so I strongly feel that consumption of some of these resistant starches can go a long way towards improving the risk factors or reducing the risk factors for these conditions. And there's a lot of published data that corroborates this observation. Uh, we know that when you improve the health of your gut, you have improved colon health. And when you have a healthy colon, that's going to reduce your risk for, for colon cancer. But we're also seeing lots of published data in people who consume resistant starches, we see profound improvement in blood sugar regulation. Uh, when you're eating resistant starches or foods that contain resistant starch, like the, the banana and the potato and the corn and the legume, these are all low glycemic index food products that don't raise your blood sugar. We see improved proliferation of the bacteria that colonize the gut. We can actually identify lots of strains of beneficial bacteria whose growth is increased as a result of consumption of these resistant starches, these prebiotic fibers. And what is it that they're doing? The reason why they're so healthy is because uh, the prebiotic fibers increase the production of a small chain fatty acid called butyrate, right? And the production of butyrate, which I've known since my pharmacology days decades ago, that butyrate helps the growth of the cells that line your digestive tract. I've known that for such a long time. And when the cells that line your digestive tract are prol proliferating nicely, you'll have very happy, healthy digestion. 
We even see uh, an upregulation, a change in the way that the beneficial genes, your, your DNA, we even see changes to your DNA. Um, so this is a topic for some other, other podcasts. So epigenetic changes. So what is that? Epi, the epigenome. Your epigenome represents the way your genes are chemically modified that turns them on and off. So I'll probably discuss this with my students tonight at my nutrigenomics class at Rutgers tonight. I'm probably going to provide my students with some clarifying information about exactly the kinds of epigenomic changes that occur when you eat resistant starch, but I'm all over that. Uh, Something else that's super duper important when you're feeding the good bacteria, it improves your immunity. Um, also through epigenetic changes. So improve immunity. Uh, it increases the production of a kind of cell type called a macrophage. And these macrophages, what do they do? They clear away the pathogens and the bad bacteria. So, so good for you. All right, so we talked about immune health. We talked about blood sugar regulation. Um, we see improved calcium absorption when you're feeding the good bacteria these healthy carbs so bone health bone density we see you know exceptional bone density in children and even in adults and more importantly children who consume resistant starches you know foods that contain resistant starch these healthy carbohydrates have improved bone density later on in life even when they stop eating all these healthy foods all right uh, we also see, of course, if the lining of your digestive tract is going to be improved, that's going to reduce the risk of something called leaky gut. So what is leaky gut? Leaky gut is when the cells that line your digestive tract are not quite intact. The cells in between the cells, you have what's called gap junctions, all right? And when the gap junctions are not intact, your cells can leak content into the bloodstream, things that cause inflammation, all right? And so things that get leaked into the bloodstream are going to cause inflammatory reactions like allergies. And I do want you to understand that allergy, asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, irritable bowel, diseases, inflammatory bowel conditions, um, and even multiple multiple sclerosis. They are all the same disease perpetuated by leaky gut. All right. Um, so, and babies that um, eat, uh, drink formulas, uh, you know, that drink formulas that contain these resistant starches, we see reduced occurrence of atopic dermatitis. Uh, I just celebrated a um, lovely uh, baptism for my baby baby nieces, the twins, and um, they, they're, they're great. They're, they look fantastic, but it just reminds me to make sure that moms are giving their babies uh, these resistant starches that are going to foster the growth of the good bacteria that will help them for the rest of their life. Babies are very prone to atopic dermatitis. We all know that. We start giving them new foods that they've never had, and we might see some reactions, or even moms are eating some foods that the babies are reacting to. I remember my sister-in-law, whenever she drank orange juice, citrus allergies are somewhat common and I remember my nephew as a baby would always break out in a rash when she would drink orange juice. 
uh, getting back to the immune system. We also see following consumption of these resistant starches, reduced um, biomarkers of lupus, another terrible autoimmune disease that we're kind of seeing in the news a lot lately. And of course, uh, for my patient population, population, uh, a great outcome from cons consistent re consumption of resistant starches is reduced body fat. So consumption of these resistant starches incre increases the production of the hormones that regulate fat storage. So I'm not saying that this is going to promote weight loss, but I'm just going to say that it's going to increase, you know, a lean body mass type as opposed to a you know a fat mass type so less fat less fat mass more lean mass it's also going to help with production of the hormones that regulate your appetite so less binging um, something else that we're seeing in published studies uh, is improved kidney function so oh my gosh so many of my patients suffering from kidney function which I also think actually is re related to, to vitamin D but we'll save vitamin D for another topic but consumption of resistant starches increasing kidney function uh, increasing liver function so ability to clear toxins from the body. Uh, anything that's toxic, most toxins are fat soluble. Anything that's fat soluble usually gets stored in the liver until the enzymes found in the liver chemically modify those fatty toxins to something that can be excreted from the body. So consumption of these uh, resistant starches are going to improve your liver's ability to clear toxins from the body. All right, lots of new studies to show all the different ways that resistant starch improves blood sugar control. So certainly for my di diabetics, we see increased insulin sensitivity. So when you're consuming resistant starch, the insulin that's produced in the pancreas functions better. You only need to produce a little bit of insulin to lower your blood sugar. And why is that so good? Because not only is insulin a, a hormone that regulates blood sugar, but it's also a hormone that regulates fat storage and fat metabolism. So the more insulin you make, the more fat your body stores. All right. If you're consuming resistant starch, you make, you only need, you need less insulin to lower the blood sugar. So if you're producing less insulin, you're storing less fat. All right, so I'm going to end my podcast to say you're probably all wondering, well, how can I, where can I buy these resistant starches? Who has the best sources? Well, right now, um, not very many, you will not find very many foods that have these resistant starches. Yes, I want you to eat unripened bananas, but not too many because there's a lot of calories in there. Um, I want you to eat uh uh, potato starches, so cold potatoes like potato salad, um, you know, maybe some corn from from your nearest farm. But where are you actually going to get a beneficial amount of these products? So one source that um, that Rhonda. Uh, introduced to me is from Johnny's Good Nature. Uh, and while I did find resistant starch on Thrive, that website Thrive, I did like going to this Johnny's Good Nature website only because it has a lot of guidance on how to reuse the resistant starch. So this is resistant starch from banana, unripened bananas. And you don't necessarily cook with these flowers. You put them in your shakes and your 
your cereals. Um, Rhonda says one tablespoon a day on your cereal will probably do the, the trick. She has used this to increase her own bone density. So you can go to johnnysgoodnature.com and you see all kinds of interesting um, ways to introduce resistant starch into your diet so you, that you can benefit in all these interesting ways. And if you'd like some further guidance, be sure to come visit me, Dr. Laura Rocco's at Eagle Rock Nutrition. You can go onto the website eaglerock.com, that's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com and you can book an appointment or you can just send me a message and I'll certainly get back to you. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, so that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast on resistant starch. So final word of the day, do not vilified carbohydrates. They are good for you. Okay, everybody, thanks so much. Have a great day.